The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. It's Wellness Wednesday, brought to you by Crazy Water, and welcome to One Life Radio. (laughs) Oh my gosh, everyone. Good to be back in my seat. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, and we are broadcasting live from Big D here, Big Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, how you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I got back late last night, had a fantastic trip, sent my daughter off to college, cried all the way home, and now I'm good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that made me laugh. I oh know. My God. It's, being it an empty bad. nester is, is difficult. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, uh, there's also some benefits to it as well. I will have more time to uh, be stuck in traffic here in Dallas <laughs> and in Houston. <laughs> as, as it said, I don't know if you heard that. I'm sure you did. I'm not sure if Dr. Joey did, who I'm about to introduce here in just a second. Dr. Joey, oh, my gosh. So good to have you back with us. How are you doing? And Happy New Year, dear friend. <laughs> Hey, Happy New Year. It is great to be back. I'm doing quite well. Um, I, I perfectly understand the sending the kids off to college and being depressed kind of thing. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you've been through it. You've got two daughters, too, right? Like me? Yeah, well, actually, one is started grad school. She's doing her uh, master's and Ph.D. at the University of Central Florida. Nice. So, um, that's close. Orlando, you know, that's only a couple hours away. And then. The other one, she'll be graduating. She took five years to get her uh, her bachelor's degree, so she's graduating this year. So uh, nice. as of now, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. Well, and so uh, you and your wife uh, obviously adjusted. It takes a little bit, though, doesn't it? Well, you know, oddly for enough, it, for us, it, it didn't really take that long. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You have free time. And I just, you know, uh, it was so funny, though. You know, I'm sitting there in my seat. And I, and at first, I, you know, I got in the plane. I was holding myself together. But as soon as we took off and the wheels came uh-huh. up, oh, that was it, man. The, the <laughs> and this, this wonderful uh, flight attendant by the name of Brandy, uh, she came over because every time they asked me if I wanted any peanuts, I flow south. Flew, I always fly Southwest. I love Southwest Airlines. Always have. Almost actually went to work for them when I first moved to Dallas, uh, and it was quite a quite a process to get into Southwest. Just by the way, at least it was back then. Uh, but anyway. I kept refusing the peanuts, nothing to drink. And then finally, I just knew, she, I could just tell by her energy. She came over and she sat down next to me and she's like, can I do anything to help? And uh, and I was like, no, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you got to, those flight attendants, they, you know, they really get tested. They deal with a, a massive amount of, of the public every single flight. And uh, hats off to Brandy. What a fine girl she is. You remember that song, Brandy, what a fine girl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. You know, it's funny. It's funny you make reference to that because I do that all the time when I teach, and then and then when I get these blank stares, I'm like, "When were you guys born?" And when they say now, they're saying 2004. I'm like, "Oh." (laughs) I know it's really hard to believe that there are people in charge of our well-being that have not spent a single day in the 20th century. I know, right? Right. (laughs) Oh my God! I'm like, yeah, it's just funny things you and I take for granted. You know, like what an eight-track tape is. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're like from another planet, <laughs> right? 
Well, you know, I re- interesting, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, or not coincidentally enough, I read an article, I read a, a quote right before I uh, did came, be, got on the show today on the mic, and it said, don't ever complain about getting older. There's a lot of people that would love to be in your spot. So, you know, uh, my father True. used to go, and, and you know, my dad, of course, he, 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 oh my gosh, he would go around the house and go, it's hell to get old. You know, he would complain <laughs> all the time about getting old. And so I, I guess a little bit of that rubbed off on me, but no more, no more complaints about getting older because you know you you know you have to you I know that you'll both agree that as you get older yeah you know things might not work as well you got a little ache here or you're a wrinkle there but you know what damn it yes. you get a lot of wisdom right ton of wisdom and strength true yeah, yeah it's true so yeah. you know can't really complain hey we're healthy right for the most part right. we're healthy and your health, yeah, and your health is your wealth. And I can't think of anyone better to talk about health and fitness with than you on this Workout Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Joey, let me officially introduce you to those first uh, maybe listening to you for the first time. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Joey Antonio. He's been on the show for a very long time. In the early days, he was on every Monday for years. But Dr. Joey Antonio, or Jose Antonio, earned his Ph.D. and completed a postdoctoral research uh, fellowship at the University of Texas Southwestern. Medical Center. He is an associate professor and the program director of exercise and sports science at NSU Florida. He is the co-founder and CEO of the International Society of Sports Nutrition or the ISSN. Their website is sportsnutritionsociety.org and it is always an honor and a pleasure to have him. Have him with us. You are in for a treat if you're listening to the show right now and if you can't catch all of it, be sure to listen to the podcast after the broadcast uh, on any of your favorite podcast apps as well as OneLifeRadio.com. So let's get this party started. Uh, Dr. Joey, so uh, we're, we're talking about protein today, and if we get enough time, we'll talk about creatine. This is something that so many people uh, love talking about, but it's in, in a very important uh, part of our fitness, fitness. So thank you for taking the time to join us today. So, you know, um, you know you, let's, before we get started, can you remind our listeners why you co-founded the ISS and, and the mission of your organization? Great question. Uh, we uh, founded uh, the International Society of Sports Nutrition back in 2004. And the reason we did, and you know what's funny, that seems like ancient history now, but it's 20-something uh, yeah. you know, years have passed. But uh, if you go back to the 1990s and uh, even the 1980s, the idea of studying sports nutrition, you know, as an academic field of study, was really frowned upon. So the major science organizations were quite – Let's just say they were anti-sports nutrition, anti-supplements, even though, you know, myself and maybe like a dozen other people thought, you know what, that's just not right. We know mm-hmm. there's legitimate stuff out there. Oh, uh, yeah. And that, yeah, and then that, you know what, all of these academic societies, you know, they're, they, I hate to say it, but back then they had, were kind of snotty and snobbish. They, you know, their nose is up in the air and they think they're mm-hmm. smarter than everyone. Mm-hmm. And that if you took supplements that somehow, you, you know, you were taking snake oil stuff that doesn't work. And mm-hmm. we're like, you know what? We all think they're wrong. All six of us. I mean, really hardly any of us, you know. But, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, we, we had an idea that this was a legitimate field and that, you know, if you fast forward to today, 2023, we were right. I mean, it's one of those things where you do it because you think it's right, even though 99% of your so-called professional colleagues think you're mm-hmm. full of it, but you know, I would say we won. We won. We may have lost that battle way back when, but we won the war. So yeah. um, we were right. 
sports nutrition is a great field. In fact, here's, here's a little statistic for you. If you go back to the 1990s, you would be lucky. You would be absolutely lucky to find a sports nutrition course at a college. Anyhow, oh, wow. Now, this year, every, every, every major university has a sports nutrition course. In fact, some mm-hmm. have sports nutrition major. That's just in two decades. I mean, even at our university, it's like, why do we have two courses in sports nutrition? Oh, what the hell's going on here? You know? Yeah. I know it's popular, but come on, we don't need that many. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think they were so against it? And what do you think changed their mind? You know, uh, I think part of it is, uh, and, and you know what? Looking at the last three years, you could tell that when when a certain idea is challenged, and some, and when you're married to that idea. And then you see this sort of new group of people saying, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if you guys are right. In fact, we don't think you're right. So we're going to try something different. That becomes, becomes quite a threat to basically the, the establishment. I guess that's the word I'll use. The establishment would look at us like, wait a minute. If we're wrong, <laughs> that's really bad. Because these like half a dozen guys and girls over here think we're wrong, but if we're right, then hey, you know what? We can we can make fun of them, but whatnot. So I think there's this weird tribalism, and it occurs in science. It occurs mm-hmm. in every field, mm-hmm. but it occurs in science, and people pick their sides. And yeah. and I think there was a saying, uh, best summarized by Mark Twain. He says it's easier to fool someone than convince them they've been fooled. Oh yeah. And it's hard to convince people. I'm like, you know what? You were fooled, but you don't yeah. want to admit. So right. yeah, it's it, it's that weird tribalism, and just, you know, people feel threatened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't like to be wrong, do they? Especially in, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in academia. They, they get set yeah. in something in their mind, and then it's hard to change it. I think that so many people, as you yeah. said, that Mark Twain's quote is so spot on, so right on. But, uh, you know, I, I love what we're talking about today. Um, I do, and I love to. I, your health is your wealth at the end of the day, and there's no better feeling in the world than being fit. You know that. I know that. Are you still uh, – you're still uh, – Say that again. I missed that. Oh, looks like it's doing that thing where she uh, fades out there. But we are up against a break. So let's go ahead and do that. And uh, I will twiddle a few knobs, see if we can get burned back. Folks, you're listening to One Life Radio. If you missed the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. All right. (laughs) A little 80s music there. (laughs) 
One of my favorites, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Dr. Jose Antonio. Uh, we are live from Dallas, Texas, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, uh, Dr. Joey earned his Ph.D. and completed a postdoctoral research fellowship at the University of Texas uh, Southwestern Medical Center. He is an associate profes- professor and the program director of exercise and sports science at NSU Florida. He is the co-founder and CEO of the International Society of Sports Nutrition, or uh, it's also known as the ISSN. Their website is sportsnutritionsociety.org and it's great to have you with us. Always great to have you with us. But you know, before we go deep into our conversation about protein, can you tell us about the Society for Neurosports Conference that's coming up and uh, you're, you're organizing for this February as well as you have an annual ISSN conference coming up in June and we want to know about that too. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited about the uh, Neurosports Conference. Myself and uh, one of my good friends and colleagues, her name is Jamie Tarter. She is a neuroscientist. And roughly five years ago, we, you know, we, we collaborated on these studies, and then we realized that there was a, a market for people who work in neuroscience and people who work in exercise science because, let's face it, in the exercise sciences, we often were really good at explaining things from the neck down. Mm-hmm. Neuroscientists obviously communicate with the brain. Yeah, these groups of people never really talk to each other. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't we get these people together so that the brain people can get, you know, to talk to the people who are experts at the body? And let's face it, the brain, as you know, regulates exercise. You know, if your brain is done, if you're tired, your exercise training is awful. So there's something about understanding how the brain works and how it how it modulates exercise, that's important. So this is our fourth conference. It is uh, nice. in February 17 and 18 at Deerfield Beach, Florida, right on, it's on the Windham, it's at the Windham Hotel right on the beach. So it's a beautiful location. Oh, you nice. want to escape the really bad weather of the rest of the country, mm-hmm. come to Fort Lauderdale, excuse me, come to Deerfield Beach. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, well, you know, now that I'm an empty nester, I may have time to actually do that. Time and money. <laughs> I don't know, though. College is pretty <laughs> College is pretty expensive, too. But, oh, my gosh. And, uh, and she's going to George Washington University, I have to say. I, uh, you know, I was in D.C. for three days. It was fascinating, uh, just fascinating. I had touched down there before but never really spent time in the city, and it was, it was really cool. It really was. Had a great time. Uh, but to get, back to, yeah, to get back to this conference um, – you know, this is fascinating. You know, people don't understand really, and if I, well, they do now, but I think go back 20 years ago, you know, people didn't understand or even connect the mind and the, and the body, right, Dr. Joey? They, it's like it was a separate yeah. thing and not basically the center of everything running the body, right? We, we never really thought about it like that until recently. Yeah, and in terms of our field, like if you talk about exercise and sports yeah. science field, oftentimes we ignored it because oh, it's the brain that's kind of complicated, you know, uh, let's figure out what the heart does and what muscles do, because that's relatively easy compared to the brain. But then, you know, you run into these issues where, you know, let's say you compete in a race or let's say you bodybuild or whatnot, and there are just some people who, I guess for lack of a better term, have more motivation or more grit or they have a higher pain threshold. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, what makes them different? Why can that person, like if, have you run a road race recently, like a 5K or 10K or something like that? Have I been? Yeah, yeah. 
No, I haven't. I, you know, I, I typically, uh, I do my own thing here at home and I lift a lot of weights. I do hit training. Uh, don't have a trainer anymore. Just kind of do it on my own. But I, you know, I'm in pretty yeah. darn good shape, uh, uh, at any age, let, you know, I am, I'm, uh, but yeah. you know, the, the one you thing that I, I well, I, I, the protein is a big part of this, you know, as you get older, right. And we're going to get all into that. But why did you ask me that? Okay. <laughs> well, because like, if you, well, I always watch people in any kind of race, whether it's running, cycling, or whatever. And okay. the, the question always comes up, two people can be next to each other, and they're all thinking, wait a minute, who's in more pain and who can take more pain? Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, people say, well, if you run a little faster, it's not like you're going to die, right? You're not going to die. Yeah. If you bike a little faster, you're not going to die. So why are some people more, I guess, motivated to withstand pain and others are like, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this. It's it's all regulated up in your head. So yeah. what is what is that thing going on in your head? And the answer is we don't really know. That's what's kind of cool about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and you know this from doing uh, competition sports or, you know, participating in a, in a bike ride or a run or, you know, these triathlon uh, people or just the Ironman. It's typically somebody a little older that does better than the younger man or women, woman, right? Because we go back to what we originally talked about at the opening of the show. As you get older, you develop more grit and mental strength, which um, helps your performance overall. Would you agree with that? Well, it depends. I think part of it depends on how hard you're training. I think as you get older, maybe you learn how to train smarter. Yeah. And you're also more worried about what contribute. you look like with your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a possibility. <laughs> you know? so, um, so, yeah, I think, you know, with, with age comes wisdom because with age, what else can you get? I would say, well, you are wiser. <laughs> That's one of the good things about age. But uh, it, yeah, it's got to be these people train smarter, so they, they mm-hmm. may end up doing better than, let's say, their younger competitor. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's, it's not uncommon, though, to see somebody older do really well in a, in a, in a, like a Ironman, like I said. It's, uh, but, you know, um, let's hear about the conference in June. I want to know all about that. I may attend that as well. I talk about it every year, and I've still never made it there. Is that in the same spot? Is it, in, uh, is it on the beach? At, uh, and de- did you say yeah, Deerfield? So- yeah, the Neurosports one is in Deerfield. ISSN is actually on Fort Lauderdale Beach, another okay. beautiful beach. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's in the middle of June on a weekend, uh, June 15, 16, and 17. Um, even if you only went for one day and enjoyed Fort Lauderdale Beach, you know, there are, in fact, there are a lot of people that do that. They'll show up, they, they attend the conference for a day, and they're like, you know what? I think I'll just hang out, which is fine. I mean, oddly enough, a lot of people treat the conference as a vacation because they bring their friends and family, they go to Florida, mm-hmm. and they have a good time. But we we cover all of the latest stuff in sports nutrition, whether it's protein or creatine or beta-alanine or any of these supplements. So um, the latest, it's the, it puts away, it's that two and a half days is the easiest way to keep up with what's new in the literature because it's basically – the experts in the field telling you what research they've done or are doing. And you just mm-hmm. don't get that because by the time they publish it, it's a year or two later, whereas you're getting it literally right there, you know, at the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Sean Wells going to be there? I bet he is. I mean, he, you know, a lot of people know that name from One Life Radio. He's on the show for years like you. Uh, and he is one of the, he's a fellow of the ISSN. Do you think he'll be there? He, he hasn't attended in a couple of years. I mean, you know, the last three years has kind of been a weird one. Uh, he, yeah. You know, Hopefully he'll be showing up this year because he is a fellow and we haven't, you know, we miss him and we wish, you know, we, we yeah, hope he yeah. does show up because the more the merrier, the more yeah. the merrier. 
I'll have to text him, uh, <laughs> see if he's going. But, uh, you know, last April you released uh, the ISSN a position st- uh, stand on protein and exercise. How did you come up uh, to the, or come, I should say, to the conclusions that you, that, uh, that we are, 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 that are in the report, that you found in the report? Yeah, what's interesting about protein is we have research literally going back a uh, half century to a century uh, particularly in the last 20 or 25 years, some of the best research has come up on the safety and efficacy of protein. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, it is so hard hard to ignore the data on it that, you know, if you ignore it, it sort of, you know, it goes back to the Mark Twain quote, you know, it's easier to be fooled than convinced you've been fooled. So yeah. a lot of people for the longest time said protein, is, you know, you don't need protein powder, you don't need a supplement. Most people eat too much protein. If you eat too much protein, it's bad for you. And all of these little myths, we know they're myths. I mean, because the data is pretty convincing that mm-hmm. people who exercise definitely need more protein. But I think the controver- the bigger controversy is, what if you don't exercise? And this is how I end on that question. Okay, well, if you don't exercise, then it almost doesn't matter to a point how much protein you're consuming because the single best thing you could do for yourself is to exercise. Nothing mm-hmm. comes close. Oh, yeah. So if you're ignoring that, if you're ignoring that, then why would you even ask the question about how much protein you consume? Um, based on my experience, and I don't know what yours is, but I have people who exercise tend to have other good behaviors. They, they mm-hmm. try to make their diet better. They try to sleep better. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've never seen the opposite. I've never seen people who eat well, but don't exercise. I, that's a combination that in my lifetime, I'm like, who are these people? I've never met them. It's yeah. all people who exercise who tend to eat well, right? Yeah. It's, it's the exercise that modifies all the other behaviors. And that's why I tell people, when people ask me for nutrition advice, the first thing I ask is, how do you work out? That's the first thing I ask. I don't even ask them what they eat. I'm like, how do you train? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And if they don't train well, I'm like, well, you should probably train better, and then we'll fix your diet. <laughs> yeah. What does the ISSN think about alcohol? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? You know, we, we are... That's on the plate. It might take a couple of years. We're writing a position stand on alcohol. Now, oh, wow. funny, this is a controversial one because when you ask people's opinions at the conference what they think, there are those who are like, stay away from, away from it completely. I'm one of those who I think drink it in moderation. Um, Thank you. There are people, like, I'm one of those people who will have a beer or maybe a glass of wine with dinner, and that's it. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't drink other than that. Yeah. I have friends, though. Academics, PhDs, who are happy to drink a whole bottle of wine or, or have a six pack of beer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but they're but they're very functional. Yeah. So, the question is for a sports nutrition society when you when you tackle it from the position of a sports nutrition, it doesn't have application in sports. And in fact, if it was purely a sports application, I'd say it's a negative. However, yeah. most people don't compete in a sport. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, even though I race, I'm not racing for money. I'm racing really for fun and to yeah. race against myself. You know, so for that population, is there a benefit? Well, you might argue that there is some data showing moderate consumption of alcohol, primarily wine, primarily red wine, might infer, might confer a cardiovascular benefit. Hmm. But that might be it. And, and you know what the thing is, because – Alcohol, because beer and wine are so ingrained into our culture. Oh yeah, it's, all, it's really impossible to separate the cultural part of it from just. It's not a pure physiology question because it really is sort of a socio-cultural question. So, okay. um, I'm not one of those who are like. Put this back. I have friends and colleagues who 
almost scoff at people who drink. I'm like, but it's part of the culture. I mean, scoffing mm-hmm. at people who drink is like scoffing at people who like drink too much coffee or something. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm like, you know what, if, if you like, you know, if you love like your beer, you like your three beers, have your three beers. I don't care. Have your yeah. bottle of wine. I don't care. Yeah, but it is everywhere. As you said, it's part of our culture. And so I I just, you know, thought it'd be an interesting people are always, you know, asking me about what what I think about it. And I thought it would be a great thing to talk about. You know, we've got so much more to talk about, though. I'm looking at the clock. We're going to go for a quick break. Everyone stay tuned. We are going to get into this protein thing with, uh, I would say, the leading expert in uh, maybe the world, but definitely in the U.S., Dr. Joey Antonio. We'll be right back uh, if you want, if you're going to. You know, if you're going to check out, uh, come back and listen to the podcast after the broadcast at One Life Radio or any of your uh, podcast apps that you like to uh, frequent. And you can also reach out to Dr. Joey at sportsnutritionsociety.org. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Centuries before scientists identified the incredible nutritive value of beef liver, our ancestors naturally revered it for the energy and vitality it provides. But most people today find liver's health benefits much more appealing than its flavor. That's why our partner EnviroMedica offers a superior New Zealand grass-fed beef liver supplement. All the complex benefits of this ancient powerhouse superfood in modern, easy-to-swallow capsule form. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at EnviroMedica.com. That's EnviroMedica.com. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right. <laughs> Always love the music. Jerry Caldwell, thank you so much, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Dr. Jose Antonio Weyar, continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are talking with the International Society of Sports Nutrition co-founder, Dr. Joey, about uh, their position, their stand on protein and exercise. So what were the initial findings in regard to protein ingestion uh, and exercise stimulus, Dr. Joey? Well, what we found, I think one of the more important findings is that for people who exercise, you certainly need more protein than those who don't. So that's, mm-hmm. that was probably the main one. 
Mm-hmm. And then the other one was that certain proteins seem to stimulate muscle protein synthesis quite well. Probably the most researched protein would be um, whey protein. Uh, okay. After that, probably soy protein. And so the question we often get is, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, is it possible to get adequate protein? And actually, we're, interestingly, we're writing a paper on that right now. Mm. And that, really, the quick answer to that is yes. And so let me explain, you know, why... When you do head-to-head studies, like, for instance, we'll give someone whey, someone soy, we compare how it affects muscle protein synthesis acutely, meaning, like, within the next few hours, you know, they take biopsies and whatnot, look at blood. Right. And then we find out that, you know what, whey seems to work better than soy. And, in fact, that's, that's pretty much happened with almost all the studies looking at it acutely. Now, but this is the, this is the problem with those studies. And, and I'm not a, you know, and I'm not a vegan, so... When, when people who are very anti-vegan, you know, when they hear this, they're like, oh, it's kind of surprising to hear it from me. I'm like, no, this is how you should look at it. So, for instance, nobody eats just soy or eats just whey protein. For instance, throughout the day, we, we typically eat somewhere between three, four, and five mixed meals, meaning each meal has carbs, protein, fat. Right. So, even though in a head-to-head comparison of whey versus soy, because that's the most common comparison – Whey seems to do better. At the end of the day, it's not so much the type of protein. It's the total protein intake throughout the day. And that's why even if you don't consume dairy or even meat, you can still reach that value just by consuming. You'd have to consume enough food to reach it. But it's the total protein that is the number one most important factor. After total protein, let's say you're on on a hypochloric diet, so you're not eating. you're, You're trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. That's where protein quality probably becomes more important. So protein quality is important if you're not eating much, but if you're eating enough or eating, I guess if you're eating too much, protein quality becomes less important because now mm-hmm. you're just getting a lot of total protein. Mm-hmm. And protein quality meaning several things. One of them is the like what type, right? Like is grass fat or grass finished yeah. or right? Um, the, the, or just regular whey protein because there's some. There's some pretty awful whey protein products out there. Would you agree? <laughs> as far as, well, I, don't, as... I, I don't know about any specific products, but because um, yeah. almost all the studies are on like generic whey, like oh, okay. whey protein okay. concentrate. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you look at if you look at animal based proteins, whether it's whey or fish or beef, uh-huh. in general, when it's just head to head, the animal based products seem to do better. But here's here's the I give this a sports analogy. This might even work better. Let's say you get two basketball players and they play one-on-one and one always seems to win. You're like, well, that basketball player definitely is better, but basketball is a team sport. So when you put five against five, it doesn't mean the one with the better single basketball player will win because at the end of the day, it's not one thing you eat throughout the day. It's the totality of what you eat. Mm-hmm. And so that's where people, you know, they're like, well, whey is better than soy. Well, technically you're right, but mm-hmm. nobody just eats whey and nobody just eats soy. So yeah. it's, in a way, it's kind of a moot point. It's like, you know, it's like the one-on-one basketball. Who's the best at one-on-one? Well, mm-hmm. nobody cares because basketball is a team sport. 
Did, did you guys, I know you've studied this before, twitchy fiber tissue. I think you actually wrote a book on it. You did a, a big study like 20 years ago, right? So is it, does the type of protein affect the twitchy fiber tissue and your ability to, you know, have, if you will, um, and I'm not the scientist here, clearly. I like your nomenclature, twitchy fiber tissue. <laughs> I do know what twitchy fiber <laughs> tissue is. <laughs> I, I, I like it's saying twitchy. Part. I just like saying the word twitchy. <laughs> so, but does the... Yeah. But, I actually, I actually know what you're talking about, even though it's not a technical term. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but do, do you have more ability to to perform better based on that twitchy fiber tissue, if you will, or the quality of the muscle that you you've built based on the protein that you consume? Does that make sense? What I'm trying to ask. Yeah. The okay. simple answer to that is, it does not matter what type you consume and how it affects your fast or slow twitch muscle fibers. Okay. I.e. your twitchy fiber tissue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no more twitchy talk. We're going to move. Okay, so what happens, Dr. Joey, if we ingest more protein than the recommended amount? You kind of already alluded to it, but can we, can we talk about that for a minute? Actually, okay, let's start with uh, the RDA is 0.8 grams per kilo, way too low for all of us, way too low for you, way too low for me. I actually recommend that you go to one gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you get 100 grams. What happens okay. if you eat more than that? So let's say if you're 100 pounds, you're eating 150 grams. Well, interestingly, the answer is you might actually lose body fat because of the super high thermic effect of protein. And at this point, we've done two-year studies following guys who eat gargantuan amounts of protein. And nothing happens in terms of like the health stuff. Like if you do blood work and you look at their uh, uh, comprehensive metabolic panel, uh, nothing. It, it, they're clean. Nothing changes. Nothing mm-hmm. goes up. Nothing goes down. Kidney's fine, liver's fine, everything's fine. So in terms of harmful side effects, we have found none. The body composition data, though, is fascinating in that some people lose body fat on it because protein does two things. One, it kills your appetite, so you might be less apt to overeat. And two, you know, you've heard of the meat sweats. People just, they burn calories like crazy when you eat a lot of protein. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that's kind of an interesting thing. And, and the guys and girls who are who work out and also eat a lot of protein, almost all of them are lean. It's just it's it's one of those things where it's very difficult to eat too much protein because to a point you'll just lose your appetite. It's like right. okay, I just can't eat more because I'm not even hungry. Mm-hmm. So minimally, I think you should aim for one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah, and what about age? Does that var- does that is that a variant or does it does that vary uh, based on how much protein that well, we need? We need it's more, a great right? Question. Yes. In fact, with age, our our skeletal muscles become less sensitive to protein. So, oddly enough, you may need more. But here's the irony: with age, people tend to eat less food and less protein. So, yeah. it might contribute to the age-related loss of muscle mass or sarcopenia. So, as we get older, we just got to be more cognizant of it. That you know, because I know you know, I have this T-shirt that says. I can't believe I'm the same age as old people, you know? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was saying We're that all myself. The same age? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you just, we have to, I've seen a lot of older people, they're just, a lot of them won't eat much. They're like, oh, I'm not hungry. But you have to make a concerted effort at least to get protein in because 
you are less sensitive to it and you need more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that we go back to the empty nester thing. Like I'm not going to be cooking big meals for myself or anything. I'm going to be doing, you know, like protein shakes or protein bars or, you know, last night I bought a can of tuna, not a can, I bought a jar of tuna. I thought, oh, that'll make a nice on a salad. You know, put it on top of my salad. That'll make, that'll make a nice meal and I'll get some protein in. They uh, sell but, tuna in jars? Yeah, in glass <laughs> jars. It's from Italy. It's really good. And it's in, oh, and it's in olive oil. Uh, <laughs> it's an Italian fish. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to <laughs> see it in a glass jar. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I'll, I'll put a picture out on social. I just bought one, bought one last night on my way home from the airport. I got to get some groceries in the house. And what about eggs, Dr. Joey? You know, so many people, especially athletes, they love their eggs. Is the, is the, old, is the egg white thing, uh, you know, passe, or is that still... You know, is that, is that is that still a good thing to do? Like, you know how people back in, like, I don't know, uh, back in the day, we'll say that, like back in the 80s and 90s, uh, people would eat yeah. chicken breast and, and egg whites. You know, that was their main source yeah. of protein. What, what are they doing now? The egg white omelet. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah there one, you go. I think you're, <laughs> you're missing yeah. out on, on the, the vitamins and minerals in the yolk. So, it, but here's the thing. If you don't want all the calories, and let's say you do one whole egg and then maybe one egg white or – you know, two whole eggs and two egg whites, but get some of the yolk because that's the vitamins, the minerals. Yeah. It has lutein in it, great for your eyes. I mean, and also, honestly, egg whites taste gross. I don't know who eats that stuff. I mean, yeah. I, mean yeah. I know who eats it, but, you know, I make fun of them when they order it. I'm like, why don't you order the whole egg? It's good for you. I don't want all the calories. Well, maybe you want the calories because it tastes yeah. good, darn it. So. Yeah, no, I was actually at a restaurant um, with someone who ordered an egg white omelet, and they didn't even finish it. It was, te- you know, it was just terrible. It was a, yeah, the spinach, and I mean, it was just like, why would you do that? But you know, a lot of people still follow that. They think that the, you know, the cholesterol from the egg is bad for them, or the fat is bad for them. Uh, it, it, you know, the eggs a whole egg for a reason, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, um, th- let me go to this because I think this is really important. Well, you know what? I'll save it for after the break. We'll go for a quick break. We've got a lot coming up, more coming up with Dr. Jose Antonio. Uh, he's a PhD and a wonderful, wonderful man. He's a co-founder and CEO of the International Society of Sports Nutrition or the ISSN. You can find him at sportsnutritionsociety.org and listen to the podcast after the broadcast if you've got to go. Uh, at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back. More coming up with Dr. Joey. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at OneLifeRadio.com. Hi, Bernadette here. We are happy to partner with Enviromedica, makers of unique nutritional formulations that help the body realign with its evolutionary roots. Enviromedica dietary supplements and probiotics reflect the natural biodiversity of our ancestral diets. Their superior ingredients come from earth, plants and animals, wild harvested from the most pristine corners of the planet, and sourced from suppliers who meet their highest standards. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at Enviromedica.com. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. 
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dr. Jose Antonio. We are talking about the International Society of Sports Nutrition and their position stand on protein and exercise. So, uh, Dr. Joey, the report cites that protein contains uh, or that protein should contain 700 to 300 milligrams of leucine. What is leucine and why is it so important for protein absorption? Great question. Leucine is probably the single most important um, amino acid. And why is that? Well, leucine, you can think of leucine as, um, let's say, the key to start a car. Uh, it, it is basically the metabolic key, metabolic key that tells your body to turn on protein synthesis. So let's say, let's say you have a steak or you have a bowl of rice and beans or you have a, a shake. As long as you get about two to three grams of leucine in that meal, that is what turns on the machinery that says, hey, we need to, you know, in, elevate muscle protein synthesis. And that's why it's important that, you know, that's why that's what protein quality comes in, because the, right. the higher quality proteins also tend to have a lot more leucine. Mm -hmm. So think of it as the key that starts your car, but it's the key that, you know, jacks up um, muscle protein synthesis. Mm -hmm. And is leucine in every, well, you know, we you said food quality, but it, how much of it is typically like in a, in a protein, a, a whey protein shake or a, so, a soy protein shake, you know, to mix it up? Yeah, if you, uh, right, if you did a 20 gram whey protein shake, you'll get about three grams, two to three grams. Um, you'd probably need roughly for soy, maybe a little bit more, maybe 25 mm -hmm. grams of, of a soy protein shake. Mm -hmm. I mean, not. I mean, not enough to make a difference. I mean, five grams is like a tablespoon. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 not that much. Um, you know, a twenty gram shake. But if you're not drinking shakes, you know, if you have like uh, some people, let's say, have a piece of chicken or a piece of fish, you're gonna hit that. You know, you're gonna hit that threshold. And should you hit hit it at each meal, or just you said per day, or is it per meal? It's, you should. It's per meal, so you want to hit it at each meal. And let's uh. assume you are um, doing three meals a day. I mean, I'm. I actually do basically breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's how I eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to do it each meal. Oddly enough, it's easiest for me as the first meal because my first meal is always, almost always a shake after I work out. So I always hit it. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, lunch, lunch for me is often hit or miss because it's usually when I'm busiest. Mm -hmm. So there are times when I probably don't hit it at lunch and then maybe I overcompensate at dinner. But again, you have to work it in your schedule. Yeah. Do you recommend that people supplement with it? You know, I think if you're a highly, if you're training really hard, um, it might be necessary. But for most people who are just training for general health and fitness, you know, eating a good balanced meal and maybe the mm -hmm. occasional shake after you work out, I think is plenty. Yeah. I don't think you need to necessarily supplement with leucine. I, okay. you know, I mean, we'll put it this way. Is it going to hurt? No, because it might actually help. But yeah. I don't think you need to supplement with it. Okay. Well, is it better to consume protein, Dr. Joey, before or after exercise and why? Because, you know, I remember Tina Burnett, my trainer and friend, uh, well, she's my former trainer. We're just friends now. She doesn't train me, but she taught me so much. I don't even need it. I've got a good memory. And so I still implement all the things that she taught me. But one of the things I remember her telling me is that women need to consume protein within 30 minutes of working out uh, in order to, you know, get the best advantage from that workout and build muscle. What do you say to that? Um, the answer to that is a maybe. Okay, here's why. Okay, okay. If you're all if you're if you're already consuming, let's say you're already eating well, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe you have a snack. 
Is it important that you get that pre-workout meal? The timing may not matter as much. However, there are a lot of people who don't eat well. And they, I can't believe there are people who skip breakfast and lunch and all they eat is dinner. I'm like, how yeah. do you do that? Yeah. Um, so for those people, it is actually important that you get that post-workout meal. Now, here's the pragmatic side. When people ask me for advice, I'm like, yeah, do a post-workout meal. One, it's either going to help you. Or two, it has a neutral effect because now it's just another meal. Mm-hmm. So if you treat it like that, put it this way, I always recommend to, whether they're bodybuilders or distance runners, I always recommend the post-workout protein mm-hmm. uh, shake all the yeah. time. Yeah. I say, don't skip it because it's an opportunity to feed. So, you know, when you take a pragmatic approach to a lot of this, it may not be founded in hard science, but it's sounded sort of, I call them common sense. It's like, why would you skip a meal? Mm-hmm. Who does that? You know, so so that's how that's my take on it. Yeah. Are there any particular protein supplements or any supplements that are important when exercising or during training other than whey protein? Well, actually, during training, this is a little tricky. During training, I usually recommend that you not consume protein because it's kind of hard to digest while you're training. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than maybe if, if you're lifting weights, you know, and you sit around between sets, not so bad. But if you're doing... Any cardio, you know, any, anything that's run, bike, or swim, mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to do that. So as far as during training, I, you know, I tell people, if you're going to do it, just make sure you don't get sick. But I yeah. typically don't recommend it because of the GI distress. Mm-hmm. Well, so speaking yeah. of GI distress, what are the most digestible types of protein and why? Well, that actually um, it's an individual question because there are people who can't do dairy at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they opt for pea protein, hemp mm-hmm. protein. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even rice protein. For whatever reason, uh, the non-animal-based protein seem to be easier on the stomach yeah. for a lot of people than the dairy-based protein. And and really, those are your only choices. You have dairy-based, which is whey and casein. Then you have the uh, plant-based, which would be pea protein, rice protein, soy protein, which just seem to be easier on the gut. So I tell people, look. You got to do what works. Um, if it's if it happens to be pea protein or rice protein, do it. And, and you know what? How about this? I don't know if you want me to do this, but there are people like you know what? I'll do cricket protein, like the bugs. Oh like, wow! Uh, well, that's something I won't do. But some people do it. You know, yeah. they, they do something. <laughs> I ate a cricket once at a at the Expo West. <laughs> But uh, uh, was that yeah. on a dare? Uh, well, kind of, sorta. I wanted to have the experience so I could talk about it on the air. It wasn't bad. I think you just have to, you know, get inside your own head and go, okay, what's the? Di- it's protein, and it, you know, I don't know. If you'll eat other chicken, yeah. I mean, if you're going to eat chicken, why not a cricket? I'm just saying. I'm I'm kind of a, you know, I've been a vegetarian for many many years and uh, a vegan off and on. I still consume. I love I love eggs. I just love eggs and uh, love a piece. Eggs, yeah. of, I love tuna fish. I love a good tuna sandwich. You know, um, but other than that, I uh, you know I I'll tell you what product I use. I use uh, the Thorn Metaclear, uh, the pea protein. I'm sure you're familiar with that product. In fact, they say a lot of sports athlete, a lot of athletes use that product, um, and it's pea protein and it's got a lot of other nutrients and, and things uh, in it that help, uh, you know, with sports performance. And uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with that product at all? I'm familiar with the Thorn brand. Um, yeah. I've tried pea protein powder, just not that particular brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's what I, 
I'm so used to milk-based protein. Well, here's a little backstory. For about 20-something years, I couldn't consume any milk products at all because I was lactose intolerant. Uh-huh. And then all of these protein powders and whatever it came up with lactose-free stuff that tasted good. I'm like, well, I haven't drank milk in forever. I'm going to start drinking milk and whatever. I'm taking these protein shakes that used to upset my belly. So now I'm good with that. However, interesting. what I, what I have found, and this is a personal preference, whenever I try the plant-based protein powders, I mean, there's a grit to it that you don't see with milk-based protein. Right, and right. Some people don't care about the grit. Like, it seems like it's grainy. But I, I'll be honest, it kind of bugs me. I'm like, why is it grainy? And mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just the way it is. But, yeah. you know, it's not a bad or good thing. It's just like it's that mouthfeel, you know? Yeah, you want yeah, good, yeah. You want it smooth on your tongue or something. Yeah, you should see what I put in my protein shakes or just my shakes. I put so much stuff. I don't even care what they taste like because if it's good for my body, I'm just going to gulp it down. I don't care. It's like, all right, you know, after I drink it or, you know, that I've done all, done all this really good stuff for myself because it is important. Your health is so important um, that to take care of it. It, it actually, you know, uh, it can add to your income as well. The healthier you are. So they say, I was just reading a report uh, right before, actually, your sleep, it can affect your, even researchers have found a surprising, powerful effect of sleeping more uh, can have, a, a, you know, a, a profound effect on how much money you make. So your, your, <laughs> your health is really your wealth in so many ways. And we've only got about a minute. So I want to ask you this. Uh, what are EAAs and why do we need them in our proteins, Dr. Joey? Okay. EAA stands for essential amino acids. Okay. The essential amino acids are those amino acids that you need in your diet because your body doesn't naturally make them. Now, do you need to consume essential amino acids as a standalone supplement? Well, you can get them. You can get them all if you just consume a complete protein, whether it's you know plant-based or animal-based. So, mm-hmm. essential amino acids. What's interesting is they do actually work really well, but it's a flavoring issue. The reason you don't see a lot of products that are just EAAs. It's because it doesn't taste good. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure if they made it taste like cotton candy, people would like consume it like crazy. But oh, it yeah. doesn't taste like cotton candy. You know, yeah. maybe it tastes like cotton, just not candy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I know the music's going to start any second. Can't even tell you how great it's been to have you back. And I think we're going to come in June to the ISN uh, conference. But uh, another shout-out for the uh, the event, the Neurosports Conference in February. Everyone go to the Sports Nutrition Dis- uh, Society.org to get all the information. You'll love it. It's on the beach, beach in Florida, both events. It doesn't get any better than that, a right? win-win. Win-win. All right. You take care of yourself. It's been great having Thank you on you. here. Yeah, you thank you so much. All right, Dr. Joey Antonio or Dr. Jose Antonio, an amazing guy. Go to the sportsnutritionsociety.org, as I said, and check out that product, MediClear, uh, and our website, oneliferadio.com. It's what I take, and you get a 20% discount if you go through the website, oneliferadio.com. Everyone, I got to wrap this up. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and hit a home run.